You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of the Step Over Podcast. I am Jim Adair. With me, as always, is Max Rappaport. Max, how you doing? Feeling sad and congested, Jim. Before we unpack that, Max, I have an announcement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure if ev- everyone who listens to this podcast is on Twitter of to some extent, sure, probably, right? Uh, and so you've probably seen people talking about this tailgate that's happening coming up, this Mike Scott Hive tailgate thing happening next Saturday, the 23rd. Uh, before the Jimmy Butler uh, Heat game. Uh, it's going to be a really cool time. Lots of people are going. So much so that I was asked if I could like mention it on the pod, and I double-checked, do you still want me to mention it? Because there's a lot of people going to be showing up, and a lot of good planning is going into it by sw- some smart and good people, but like, I don't know, man. I would be overwhelmed if I was involved in the planning of it at all. So sorry if this causes more people to go, but also it should be fun. You're giving be us, there. You get, you're giving Max ourselves way too much credit. That we're gonna yeah, I guess demonstrably so, yeah. affect the uh, the attendance. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to this and you see us there, know that I brought some beers, and no, you cannot have any. <laughs> I'm making a point to make sure that people do not speak to me in public. That's a goal of mine. Um, so yeah, it'll be a cool time. I'm just I'm just I'm just joking. Uh, it'll be cool. It's gonna be a good time. There's a tailgate pre thing. Uh, if that's too cold for you, uh, there's a watch party at Bullies at Xfinity Live. And then there's also an after party. And I've heard rumblings, Max. And I apologize if this is incorrect. But I have heard some rumblings of some karaoke. I, I have heard the same. Actually, okay, last night was sure. putting together a, uh, a playlist of potential karaoke bangers. Although I don't know if they'll go over mm. as well at Bullies as they would uh, at uh, a more low-key establishment. I did karaoke at Bullies once after a Sixers game last year. Um, my friend Camillo and I were at the game. It was actually it was Jimmy Butler's first uh, home game uh, by 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 coincidence. Uh, and we just um, it was just a really really uh, it was sold out game and it was just like absolutely slammed line to the subway afterwards. And I'm like, let's just pop in the bullies for a beer, let that line die down, and then head home. Uh, so we went in there, and one beer turned to I don't know, fifteen to eighteen beers. Um, and there was karaoke set up there, and this DJ, and there was like a big sign behind it that said like karaoke, and the DJ was just playing regular songs. And after every song, he'd be like, you know, uh, once again, guys, karaoke getting started any minute now. Whenever anybody wants to come up and put a song in, we'll kick it all off. Just come on up, uh, just come up and tell me what song you want to sing. We've got a book right here. Whenever you guys want to go, we can start it up. And he did like five songs, and no one was coming up. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. So we went and signed up. Um, I don't know what I... I guess I sang complicated, probably. And that really kicked the whole thing up. All of a sudden, line forms, people signing up, going nuts. I signed up again later and did Wild Wild West, and people did not care for it. Wow. Not at all. Not in the slightest. 
Did you so. did you like really know Wild Wild West well enough to, to do it? Oh, I, I feel know like all if the you, words if to Wild Wild West. Out, I feel like it's a. I just went to karaoke last weekend and somebody did that, and it was impressive. They they were like the really on their shit. The only part that trips me up is there's one part in uh, the second verse where it's at the uh, wickety, you know, wickety wild. Is it that part? No, no. There, because uh, I, I I talk fast as it is, but sometimes I guess I like I talk too fast and I almost trip over my own words as it happens. And there's a part that always, uh, I think it's to the to any outlaw trying the draw part because he slows down the cadence and it trips me up, so I mumble that most of the time. But I know all the words. Especially the first song I ever did at karaoke was Wild Wild West. So, so what so what you're saying about bullies is mm-hmm. that we can kind of create the vibe we want as long as we get up there, get up there early. So if I want to get up there and do Tracy Chapman, that'll That'll kind of set the mood off in the, in the way I now, want Max, it to. Now, Max, couple things. Yes. One, let's not turn people away from the party. <laughs> Two, uh, we will be at the game, so I'm assuming the vibe will be created while we are inside the Wells Fargo Center. And three, I think Fast Car is always welcome. All right, good. So, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that's uh, next Saturday, 23rd. Have a good time. Come say hey, hang out. Good times, good people. Etc. Uh, so Max, uh, on the basketball front, this surprised me, and I think you as well. Uh, four Sixers games have passed since the last time we talked, and they're actually two and two in that span. It feels like they're zero and twelve. Yeah. Uh, but two and two. So, uh, let's talk about it. Not a great feeling. Two and two. Um, I didn't watch all the game last night because I have better sense than that. Uh, but I saw enough of it to not like what I saw. Um, since our last podcast, Tobias Harris has not made a single three-pointer. He is 0 for his last 23, um, which is not ideal. But, Max, in general, feelings go ahead. Mm. I'm trying not to panic. Um, it, it feels way too early to panic, and mm-hmm. I'm sick of panicking about the Sixers. Uh, yeah. But, man, it just does not does not feel good. They... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like get into a whole. I don't want to have a lot of takes on this podcast. I want to go right down the middle. But mm-hmm. I just. I don't know. Watching this team, it just feels like watching them the last week and a half, uh, basically since the Portland game. It just feels like the fit's not there, or they're just not playing into the fit. Um, Tobias has been a disaster but i think that's just it's been a really cold stretch but like Mm -hmm. simmons hasn't really been stepping up in the way you want him to since he came back uh and bead's been like the one bright spot richardson's doing what he's doing but it just doesn't feel like anyone's like stepping into that void um and when tobias harris is shooting zero percent on like a million threes over the last six games uh it, it doesn't really feel like there's anyone to step up and make shots and it's just it's pretty brutal to watch, uh, just the way they've been playing in the half court recently. It is interesting that you say Richardson's doing what Richardson does. Did you know that Josh Richardson's effective field goal percentage is actually lower than Tobias Harris's? Uh, it doesn't feel like that. But I guess it doesn't, right? I believe I believe it. Tobias Harris's effective field goal percentage is also above Al Horford's, but that's pretty much because Tobias is finishing at the rim. He's shooting 57.9% on two-pointers. So. Uh, but in general, yeah, not pretty basketball, even when they win. Right? I did this. I pulled some numbers up here. 
Uh, among all players that have attempted at least 100 field goals this season, um, in sort of by effective field goal percentage, Simmons is 31st overall, which is solid, you know, for a guy who, who just shoots at the rim pretty much, you expect that. Uh, Embiid's 63rd. Harrison Horford is 74th and 75th, and Richardson's 88th. For a supposedly stacked, uh, mostly defensive, but also pretty good offensive starting five, that's not what you want to be seeing. Um, part of that comes down to fit. Part of that comes down to uh, inconsistency of matchups and lineups. And we've already seen, like, it seems like, 11 different starting lineups in 11 games. Um, and there are going to be growing pains when you bring basically half of a brand new team in. Uh, Tobias Harris has still only played fewer than 40 games as a sixer. But that doesn't make it any like more enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the reason why I think it's it's such a bummer this season so far, even when they do win, is because when they lose... They're either just sucking it up and just like just being terrible all over the place, or they're like playing weirdly well but just getting beat, which is not what a team of this caliber should be doing. And when they win, it feels like they shouldn't even be winning the games. It's like how are they even pulling this off? Like you watch a game and it feels like they're down twelve, and it's like oh they're up five. Like they don't even deserve to be. Yeah. In this. Um, I looked it up. It's actually shocking in. In the losses they've had so far, so they're seven and four. So in their four losses, uh, they've shot as a team thirty-eight point two percent from three. Right, that's pretty good. So you're thinking that sucks because you're you're draining the shots you should be draining, and you're still losing the game. And then in their wins, they're shooting thirty point three percent from three, which also sucks. Yeah, because it's like God, you watch them play bad basketball and they still win. Like there's no, it's so hard to enjoy like a scraped away bad basketball win and then either it's a bad loss or a loss where it's like fuck they should have won that game and that's all they're having so far it's basically every win with the exception of the season opener against boston and the timberwolves game has felt like they've eked it out but like easily could have lost that game and most of the losses they they have had a couple close losses but like their losses have just felt bad and they've been to bad teams mm-hmm. like some of them yeah. have been to bad teams like i, ju- I just yeah. it's a bummer like yeah it's nice that they're finished it's nice that like finally the sixers aren't losing every close game like they used to and they're like yeah. winning games they shouldn't but mm-hmm. it's not really that much of a consolation when you're expecting to be one of the three best teams in the league and you're losing to the orlando magic and yeah eking out a one-point win over the Cavs that you probably should have lost. Yeah. They are 4-0 at home, which is basically just taken for granted at this point. And at home, they're shooting 28.3% from three. Oh, man. And they're living and dying guess, by it, and they're still guess, winning those games, and it's so painful to watch. Yeah, I guess I guess that should make us feel better, though, because that's... But does it? Uh, just because you don't think Tobias Harris is going to shoot 25% from three the rest of the year, and you think... Uh, you would think that uh, Josh Richardson's going to step up in that way, mm-hmm. and like, if you Embiid's actually been shooting like thirty nine percent from three this year, but you would think like everyone else is going to get more comfortable and step into the role a bit yeah. more. So in the four games at home, they're shooting twenty eight point three percent from three. 
If you remove every single one of Tobias Harris's misses, it's still only 33%. Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah. Uh, they've lost three games by five or fewer points. They've won three games by five or fewer points. In those wins, they have shot less than 27% from three. And in the losses, 42.5%. It's all fucking backwards, man. Why is this happening? How are they losing, like, just barely losing while shooting 42.5% as a team from three and then scraping out wins when it's under 30? It makes no fucking sense. And that's why it's been so hard to watch. Yeah. It's like, it is humorous because I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't get that negative. We've talked about in the last episode the many the multitude of reasons why I can't get super down about it yet, right? There's early, many different rotations and rosters, people being hurt and suspended and this and that and all this stuff. I still can't get stressed out, but it's very, very funny how this is all working out. Like, it's hilarious that they're, the games they win, they're just like bricking everything left and right from three. It makes no sense. Oh, boy, it's stunning. Um, Meanwhile, Furkan shooting 41% on five threes a game. <laughs> yeah, and he started cold. Like, he was started, I think, this. I think he started this season, like, 0 for 5 from 3. So if you take those out, it's, yeah. He's been, like, weirdly the saving grace, which is uh, unsustainable, I would say. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, I don't know, couple of weeks coming up. Um. They do have... It is also weird that they've played 11 games and only four have been at home. That is kind of odd. Uh, but still. And their next, but still. Their next, yeah, right. But their next two are also on the road. So, and they are typically a home team. I looked it up earlier. Give me one second here. This is not to excuse it. This is just to put context in it. Uh, let me see here. Go to my notes app. Uh, in the past two seasons, and this season included... Uh, the Sixers are 65 and 21 at home and 45 and 44 on the road. They're a 500 team on the road. So. Well, I, I will say that after these next two road games, they have, I'm just counting it up 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, nine of their 12 games after that will be at home. And mm-hmm. if you stretch that out even more, they they go on a couple of little road games, and then they they have like another five at home. So yeah, it's it's more it'll evened come, out for it'll sure. E- yeah, it'll even back out before Christmas, but um, yeah, it's it's still inexcusable. Like they they have no business losing the way they did to the Magic last night. Like that's just no. And I, I'm not like a I'm not usually that guy, but it just they're they're not looking like the caliber of team they should and they haven't really since the Timberwolves game like since Embiid sat out those two games they've looked they've either eked out wins that were close against teams that like the Hornets and the Cavs or they've lost or lost to teams Mm -hmm. they shouldn't lose to I mean the Jazz is probably the only like of those losses probably the most excusable but yeah it's uh I'm not I'm not freaking out but it's 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 a bummer yeah. That said, they're still on pace for, like, 52 wins right now. Yeah, they're on pace for what they did the last two seasons. And you figure, like I said, they're going to find a rhythm. Like, they're... <clears throat> I have a hard time believing that they won't be better than this for the rest of the year. That would 
absolutely shock me. Um, shooters are going to average. They're going to they're going to average out. Uh, you're going to have more regular minutes, more regular rotations. Hopefully, with fewer injuries and and uh, suspensions. Hopefully, coming up. Um, you still have your planned back-to-back switches with Embiid and and Horford probably alternating sometimes or you know whatever. Um, I think the team will even out and you should. But it's just it's been so hard because it's always like, you know it's kind of like a running joke um, with the Sixers for the last eternity that like a lot of times even the wins will feel like losses because it's forty-seven and a half minutes of just stress. And then, like a little bit of a win at the end, mm-hmm. um, which can cause you know it's 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 elation like that that the the Korkmaz shot was incredible because it was so stressful going up into that. Um, but it's just it's been so hard. It's been such a struggle to actually watch and enjoy these games. And I think that's part of that too. Is like, look, we're eleven games into the year. There's still plenty more to be played. But if any, you know, iteration of this team has ever like really like hammered home the idea like you don't have to watch every second of every game it's very much this one because yeah. as expectations rise every single time uh, you can't uh, meet expectations always and even when this team has structured uh, even if people weren't picking them to like win the championship or win the east or whatever you go into every single game going you know this is a game even if they, they shouldn't necessarily like this, they, sh- they should win this game Every single game is is realistically pretty winnable, so they're going to lose basketball games. They're not going. They're not you know winning out the rest of the season. So every single one of those losses is a bummer. You know, it's not like uh, in the process years when they drop twenty six straight and you're like, yeah, whatever, man. Basketball's a fun sport. Just enjoy it. It's not that anymore. Uh, so it does get stressful, but like it's more important to just not stress yourself out yeah. too much because this team is going to even out. Um, I'm not super concerned about it. I'm going to say that on as many podcasts in a row as possible until they like kind of turn it around and I'll see, I'll be like, see guys, I wasn't concerned. Meanwhile, I'm basically lying to you a little bit. But yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Um, I, I will say, ha- let me ask you this, Max. Yeah, go ahead. I got, a, I got two questions for you. If you don't, if, if you, unless you want to make your point. No, first, okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, let's look at, grab the Nuggets game, which is the 25th game of the year. What would their record have to be at that game for you to be like, you know what? This is good. Things leveled out. I'm feeling good. Sorry. Expl- where, which game is this you're talking about? It's the Nuggets. So it's December 10th. It's the 25th 10th. game of the year. That's why, I, okay. that's why I grabbed it. So in the first 25 games right now, they are 7-4. and four. After 25 games, where would they have to be record-wise where you're just like, oh, you see, that was silly to worry about that stuff. I feel great. Yeah, and after 25, that's that's also that point we were talking about where they uh, play whatever it is, like 9 of 12 at home. <sighs> if they were... I don't know. I'd want to say like 15 wins minimum at that point, like 15 and 15 and 10 would be like I was gonna say if it's, worse, if it's worse than that I'd feel I'd feel pretty bad yeah so between now November 15th and December 10th uh, which is uh, 14 games we basically for our comfort we need them to go at the very bare minimum nine and five 
Yes. We for, I think yeah. that's probably good. Yeah. To be Maybe above 15 and 5, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'd be I, okay. Yeah. I feel okay with that. Uh, yeah. But, I'd, I mean... I'd still like it because they're playing so many home games coming up. I, I would expect it to be better than that, but I would not mm-hmm. be in full panic mode if after 25 they're somewhere around 15 and 10 or 16 and 9 or whatever it is. Yeah. Because I think, too, I mean, I, I'm looking at the schedule and I can't even be like, well, that should be a win, that should be a win, because it's all fucking crapshoot. Um, I do think, I mean, the Knicks are terrible. Uh, the Kings are pretty bad. They should beat the Cavs coming up. Like they on, have on two Sunday. more. They have two more Cavs games in that span, but they just beat the Cavs by one point. So I'm not super banking on both of those being wins. But the, most of the other teams they play are, are solid to good. Wizards are trash. Um, but I think uh, th- you know there was all this talk between before the year of of a bit more parity in the league with superstars spreading out, and whatever. And I think. Not only is that actually the case, but I think there's just a narrowing of uh, skills as well. Like, yeah, superstars spread out. So, like, you know, Kawhi Paul George are in L.A., and this is what spreads them out that way. But all the players who aren't superstars, I feel like a, a lot of the teams have kind of compacted so that with it, without the super outliers, so the best team, which is right now uh, the Lakers and, unfortunately, the Celtics. But just not, take the Lakers off there. So they're 9-1. And then the absolute worst one or two teams in the league. Everyone else, there's not really that huge of a gap in actual um, on-court production so far. Even in the teams that have losing, like they're pretty playing everybody pretty well for the most part. Um, where I think it's just there aren't as many just absolute shitty teams anymore this year. There could, could even out more the year goes on people start tanking more if people to start sucking more but well i mean it helps that the war- that the warriors are what like two and ten right now like that and we don't really think right, of them yeah. as shitty in the in the traditional sense like when we're right whereas about teams like teams. whereas teams like the suns or the Cavs, uh who you thought recently as being like shitty are like kind of solid like suns are pretty good right now Cavs are looking all right like you know i think a lot Ma- of it- Mavs, Mavs are legitimately good even though yeah. Porzingis is like sucking ass, I think a lot of it is. Um, you can tell me if you agree with this. If, if definitely disagree, feels, Max. Definitely feels this way. Um, it, it feels like this season has been more um, more movement in terms of like superstar players uh, in the league. Like I feel like so Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam. Uh, I'm just like going down the list of top scorers, Brandon Ingram. Like these are all guys who are averaging 25 plus a game right now, and a decent way into the season, like 10 games into the year. Uh, I, I feel like this year you've seen more guys take a step forward. Malcolm Brogdon's like a legit 20 and 10 guy now, like yeah, kinda, almost, yeah. like almost leading the league in assists. Uh, you know, so I, I think a lot of teams like the the Hawks, who you would have expected to be pretty bad this year. It's like and, and the Raptors, you expect to f- to fall off. Like guys have stepped up, and you're kind of seeing like mm-hmm. a new class of of stars come in. Um, yeah. And I think there's been like more turnover in terms of like the top talent in the league this year than you've seen in a little while. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 making for really great, you know, off night basketball games just between two random teams to throw on. Whereas you know, you don't just get to watch like no, just watch the Warriors blow out the Suns or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like this, 
better at basketball now. Um, James Harden's doing hilarious things by just refusing to shoot the three-pointer less, and he shoots it more and more and more. It's fascinating. Honestly, legitimately fascinated by the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a weird ride so far. It's going to continue to be weird. Um, my second question that I had regarding record, uh, and I'm not we're not going to get super deep into this point because we've talked about this before and we'll talk about it when it comes up and it's going to continue to come up, I'm sure. At what point, not, not like would you do it, blah, blah, blah. At what point, schedule-wise and record-wise, would you start to honestly worry for Brett Brown's job? Oh, man, I don't, wor- I don't really worry about it this year. I think they'd have to be. No, you don't they'd think so? To, not at all this year? They'd have to have like a losing record by... They'd have to go into the all-star break with like a near 500 record and i just don't think that's going to happen so you don't think if they're like like two games or if they're like at 500 at christmas you don't think it's like he's get he's getting canned no i just i, I mean it depends on how it happens but i just can't they don't have a guy who would step into that role um i don't know Is i just still have Jim hard, O'Brien. yeah i think i think so like yeah, i don't fine. know i just i just don't i i, I don't really see it um. Yeah, I'm not, I don't even want to really entertain the thought at this point. Maybe I'm being yeah. naive. No, no, I think I don't think you are. I because um, obviously I'm just like completely no idea. Um, you, I'm ready to move on the questions if you are. I yeah, have one we have more. a bunch. We have a bunch of questions. What was the other thing you were gonna? Just one quick thing. I mentioned this on Twitter the other night too with Tobias Harris's 0 for 11 showing from three. Uh. Seven times in NBA history, a player in a game has gone 0 for 11, or uh, in Brook Lopez's case, he once went 0 for 12. So, a bunch of people have gone 0 for 10. Harden has done it a bunch. Covington did it once. Uh, but seven times in NBA history has someone gone 0 for 11 or worse. Three of those seven times happened at the Wells Fargo Center. That is wild to me. It's absolutely crazy. Was one of them Steph Curry? Yes, it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the game where the Warriors won. Uh, that was the Harrison Antoine Barnes Wal- shot, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, Antoine Walker did it uh, in 2001 uh, in a Boston at Philadelphia nice. game. Uh, John Starks and James Harden each did it in the playoffs. Uh, and then Trey Burke did it once uh, with Utah. Of those seven, the Curry game, Harden's playoff instance, and Tobias's game were the only three wins of those. Mm. Yeah. Congratulations to Tobias Harris. <laughs> Making a, f- a fun stat Hall of Fame thing. Uh, let's take a quick break, Max, and then come back and take some questions. Sounds good. All right, Max. Um, I got some, some questions lined up. We can kind of blow through a bunch if you're, if you're ready to rock and roll. I am ready to go. Max, can you go back and edit me out saying ready to rock and roll? Uh, I refuse to do that, Jim. That is saying. Fuck. And as God is this, it. as is you asking me to edit it out. I figured as much, but I had to try. Um, at Mike Lennial asked, there's no way Tobias Harris can continue to shoot this poorly, right? No. I, no. Although, may, no. although may, maybe he, f- I could see it being like one of those Covington years where he finishes the year shooting like 32%. Right, where this kind mm-hmm. of just like this, this 
one, this it really hurts to go over twenty three. Like that's just gonna hurt his percentage on the year. But like yes. where he goes through a continued drought or it gets a little bit better but not totally better, and then it like reverts to the mean, but it's not enough to right. make it a good shooting season. But I, I, he's not gonna do this for the rest of the year. He's not gonna get no. twenty a, a below thirty three percent shooter uh, game yeah. in and game out long term. I, I'll say this. Um, this should be even weirder uh, maybe not even weirder but so the Fultz thing there's a a very clear delineation point college pros right boom right there something happened there you can make that thing Ben Simmons just doesn't shoot three pointers by the way I'm just realizing I'm doing this I'm waving my arm around like Bernie Sanders in my apartment Uh, by the end of this year um, Tobias will have probably played uh, slightly more games as a sixer than he did as a clipper his, his most recent other team. As a Clipper, he shot 42.6% from three, which is above his, his career average by a, a decent chunk, but still. As a Sixer, he's shooting 29.3%. Mm. My brain finds it hard to comprehend that that big of a dip can happen and stay consistent. Like, he's got to be, by the end of this year, as a Sixer, so counting his... 32.6% he shot last year on however many attempts it was. Uh, he's got to average out to like probably 34, 35 as a sixer, I think. He's just got to. He's shooting 20.4% this season. That's wild. It's absolutely insane. It'll, it'll come back around. Yeah. If it doesn't, I don't know what happens. Because... You know, that's that's the very that's the real life embodiment of the Ben Simmons argument, right? Where it's like, just shoot it. They have to keep you honest, even if you just don't make them. Well, we'll see in Tobias Harris there. They even now, I mean, he was caught wide open and he drove himself to the rim because he didn't. But like, if he keeps shooting at 20 percent, like, are they going to bother even guarding him? And he's a guy who's made them in the past. Ben Simmons has never done that. So that's a real good avatar for your Ben Simmons should shoot them anyway, even if he misses argument right there. Because will they keep him honest? Who knows? It's going to suck watching that happen. Uh, uh, Mark McGowan asked, will we even remember this quote-unquote drought by February? I'll say no, but I'll hang up and listen. I don't, it all depends, man, on how much how they're doing in February. I think, I mean, I'm not going to forget it because this is pretty rough, especially the whole Tobias shooting part. But, you know, starting 7-4... and four, and then if like you're more on pace for like a 55 win thing, which is on pace for two as it is, but yeah, probably not that big of a deal. I mean, they've started. What they start? What was their record in the first uh, 11 games last year? Max, do you know? Off off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. Um, I can tell you in one second. I got uh, it in front of me. Hold on one sec. They, they were, six, were, they, were six, they were six and five. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That felt yeah. worse. I, I, the thing, too, is, yeah. like, if they'd won last it's, night... It's, it's the weight of expectation. If they'd won last night or if they'd won that Denver game, they'd be 8-3 and three and it wouldn't even be a conversation. Like, we're so early in the year that... And it's not even about 7-4. and four. Like, 7-4 and four is not bad. Like, we're not going to remember... I don't think we'll remember it because the actual record isn't that bad. It just feels bad right now because it's part of this stretch that's been close wins or, like, bad losses or... Uh, you know uh, and also a lot of offensive struggles like I think if they were to come around and win these next two games we would like completely move on from it yeah they'd be nine and four and we'd just forget about it yeah yeah um that's uh senior jerk alert 
maybe senor. I go, oh no, be senior. There's an I in there. Uh, Mario Shayok is the answer. What is the question? Max. Um, who should get James Ennis's minutes in two months? <laughs> uh, who should get Jonah Bolden's roster spot tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who is the most mispronounced sixer on Sports Talk Radio? Once people know who he is. Um, <laughs> let me... Let me let me posit a future scenario for you here. Uh, I was talking to some friends this morning about Shayok because he's been absolutely blowing it up in the G League. Um, after you see a little bit more of more than a two three game stretch from Shayok, um, you know he's on the two way. You call him up, give him some garbage time minutes. Say this happens, right? You give him some garbage time minutes. Um, you realize, say, oh, he can actually shoot, which is a transferable skill that we have now. And he can be a dropped, uh, a knockdown shooter. Doesn't really have to do much other than that. He can just be the shooter guy. Um, his defense, say it doesn't hurt you that much. He's small, but say it doesn't really kill you. And he can just shoot. You run out of days on the two-way. You convert him to a full contract, and then you just cut Jonah Bolton loose. Because at this point, and I'm, I apologize to uh, Kevin Rice, who's a big Bolton guy, but we know what Jonah Bolton is, and it's not really an NBA player, is it? So, at the point where you have Shaq on a, two, a two-way, say he does well, I don't see why you wouldn't just do something like that. Right? Yeah. I, I Yeah. Jonah Bolton... Putting that out into the universe. Jonah Bolton, for sure, is the, the uh, sixer that makes the least sense. Long-term, short-term, yeah. anything. Like I just He feels like a guy who is a Sporkle quiz question in five years, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of uh, Jonah Bolden, we got, we got a question. Uh, let me pull it up so I can credit who actually asked it. At uh, Rye Campbell Soup asked, mm-hmm. which, which current Sixers players would you say mirror your, uh, both your games? And I would definitely say Jonah Bolden for me. Because I like to think that I can do a little bit of everything, but I kind of can only pass. That's like the one yeah. thing I can do at an, ab- an average or above average level, and everything else is sort of theoretical. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it happens, but usually not. Yeah. Uh, I am I am at this exact moment in history, Tobias Harris. <laughs> <laughs> just the just these last three games. Yeah, I am uh, refusing to not shoot, but not making a single shot. That's what I'm doing. Or I also do like the, I don't know, I'm a solid defender. I'll get, I'll get a hand on some shots. You pump faked me out of my shoes once and I almost injured you. That was fun. Actually, you did that more than once. Yeah, you're, you're aggressive. I've, I am. I've blocked your shot before. I think you did. Yeah. 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 In any like actual organized game, like every time someone pumps me, they would just jump into me and throw up a shot and get, I'd foul out in 10 seconds. So maybe I'm Jonah Bolden actually. Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, one other question. Did yeah. you have another one you want to ask? The one I have. Uh, is, no, uh, no, no. Actually, that topic. was the one I was going to grab. Yeah. Okay. Um, at RJ Maffa asked, in honor of Disney Plus, what's your favorite Pixar flick? Uh, Max, are you a Disney Plus subscriber? I am not. Neither am I. But I do have a favorite um, Pixar movie. Go for it. So, well, actually, I say that, but I, I feel like I, I go back and forth a lot. Um, 
I probably I probably say Up just because it's the movie that I most often will go back to, and I've probably seen it like four or five times. I don't mm-hmm. like. I love Monsters Inc. Monsters University sucked ass. Uh, Monsters Inc. I would I would go back and watch it, but like I, I don't need to see it. Up, I will watch if it's on, um, and if somebody yeah. wants to watch it, I'm down. Uh, in terms of the Toy Stories, I like them. I, I actually thought four was four and three were probably my two favorite just in terms of if I'm not giving credit to the first one for originality and whatever I think three and four were actually better than two sucked I I didn't like two at all Uh, I didn't see four yet four is really good you should see it Um, but yeah I probably go up honestly what about Uh, you what if I said cars two you're a liar I am a liar Uh, the actual answer for me is Coco yeah Coco's really good Coco was like uh, astounding to me. Like, um, you know, what's, I'm looking at the list of them here, right? So the first Toy Story came out, I was seven years old. Toy Story 2, I was nine. So, like, I was in that realm. And then, like, you grow up and you watch these, whatever. And, like, you watch Toy Story 3 specifically. And you're like, okay, like, this is a, an A-plus example of movie that is quote-unquote for children because it's animated but really it's like for just for everybody it hits checks all the boxes for every possible person um and that was great then just absolutely perfect and i was like that's this is the apex the a plus of this um and then i saw coco and i'm just just coco is just a much better movie i honestly think it's the music and it's incredible the story is is great the animation in it i think i mean just there is just so much more they could do with the animation or were able to do with the animation by setting it in that kind of world mm-hmm. and like it gives you the, the kind of takes the reins off of yes it's animated but it's quote unquote like in the real world like I don't know Cars 2 I don't know I guess that's well like Brave right so Brave which I think is a good movie um, it's animated and it's all this stuff but like it's quote like kind of the real ish world because there's like humans in it that are being humans Whereas Coco, they just like threw those reins off right away, basically. And I thought it would just let them do so many cool things visually and yeah. storyline wise. It was like legitimately really, really, really funny on top of everything else, too. Fucking love that movie. It was, it was great. great. Uh, I'll tell you yeah. two also, movies. Also, I was like, like heaving, like body shaking, crying. <laughs> that movie. Yeah. I'll tell you two movies that Coco is better than. Coco is better than Frozen, which sucks. Have you seen Frozen? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it sucks. I I hadn't seen it until like a month ago, and I was like, "All right, I, I got to see this because it's like part of the culture, and mm-hmm. kids really like it and whatever." I saw it. It's like, first off, Moana is way better. Moana, it's like not even. Close. I actually, I I actually have not seen Moana. You should see Moana because it's it's not as good as Coco, but it's more in line with Coco in terms of song quality and whatever else. Uh, right. It's just a good movie. Frozen sucked. I don't get why. It, it's like, for me, it's like the cars of that type of movie. Um, cars I feel being like worse, of course, but. Frozen was fine. Um, I'm sure anyone who had a small child around that time probably absolutely despises that film because of what it did probably to your children. The songs um, aren't even good. To, to me, it feels like it was like they were trying to like uh, reverse engineer a musical from a movie like like almost like yeah. how uh you create like a backdoor pilot in tv where it's like oh 
all of a sudden we're going to introduce this character because we're going to have a quote unquote like a spinoff of this, even though this person was never really involved with the show before. It's like they were like, this would be a cool. Like, we can make this a perfect fucking musical, like a family musical that's going to be great, but we can't just throw a musical out there. It's got to be a movie first. So they just made that. I mean, but, I think it accomplished that but, to a but T. But honestly, like, I get that, but I honestly, I don't know if I was just in the wrong headspace or something. I just didn't think the music was very good. Like, I when I when I heard Let It Go, like, in its entirety in the in the movie, I was like, wow, this is the song. There were, like, three other songs that I thought were better than that. But yeah. I was like, man, this is the song that came out of this? Like, Moana has five songs that are better than this. Yeah, I mean, Coco also, if you th- every song is better than that. Yeah, if you look at it from like the musical standpoint too, like it was very um, wicked in a way, mm-hmm. and the songs in Wicked just whip ass. <laughs> so whip ass. <laughs> I, you know what? I was gonna say. The tell second- me, tell me, the Wicked songs don't whip ass. <laughs> All right, I I have a, I have to go in a minute, but I was gonna before okay. before I do, I gotta piss off some more people. The other movie that that Coco is better than is Finding Nemo. Which is the most overrated Pixar movie of all? I just want to. That's fine. I just want to end care. on that. It's it's I good. I get it. It's just I don't know. Pixar's done a lot of really cool, really unique, really interesting stuff, and Finding Nemo is just like a good kids movie. And that takes no risks. It takes no risks. No risks. It's better than Cars because Cars Cars is infuriating in every way. Like. <laughs> Up until that point, Pixar was perfect. <laughs> they hadn't made any mistakes. They've they've gone back yeah. and they've done some bad stuff. Like Brave was fine. Monsters University was bad. I didn't even see the Good Dinosaur, but everyone said it sucked. They've made three fucking Cars movies at this point. Cars one was yeah. like the beginning of the end of of Pixar being uh, consistently amazing. It's I don't understand the anatomy of no. the Cars. In every and other Pixar movie, question. they do such a good job of like. They bring in like marine biologists to like figure out all the shit behind you, and they're just like, yeah, just yeah. make their just make their like grill a mouth and and put eyes on it. But they don't even put yeah. eyes in the headlights, which would be the thing you think. Nope. They just put exactly. them on the Common damn windshield. It's like, oh right. man, I'm getting angry just thinking about it. Side question, and feel free um, if the podcast ends right now. That means Max was so offended by this question that he cut it out. Do the cars fuck? Uh, they do because isn't there? I, so, yeah, it, I might be wrong about this. Doesn't Tomater have like a son at some point? I might be totally wrong. I didn't wrong know there was anything that. called a Tomater. It's the one. I've it's never the, seen any of the cars. It's, it's the car voiced by uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. I knew. I, I figured. I put that much together in the last three. I'm seconds. I'm looking this up right now. Uh, I Are you at work? Say- you can't look up. Do the cars fuck at work, man? <laughs> I am. Um, maybe Tomater doesn't have a son. I don't know. Uh, God, this movie sucks so much. Just look up a picture of Tomater for a second, just so you can see what he looks like, and then tell he's me like, this he's movie like a dirty isn't tow trash. truck, right? He's a dirty tow truck with buck teeth and sounds like Larry the Cable Guy. Apparently, they yeah. could they really not get Larry the Cable Guy to voice him for the third Cars movie? It's someone named Adam Burden for the last one. Wow, Cars Three: Driving to Win. Yeah, or maybe that's like a game or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe why would a game be called cars three it's <laughs> <laughs> the third in the series of cars games i don't know yeah yeah it's like how uh when they make the spider-man game it's spider-man five after spider-man four wow i just want to i just want to read um let me just read this wikipedia entry and then i really have to go but the the entry for mater is 
The character Mater speaks with a hick southern redneck accent with a dash of hillbilly twang, and frequently uses incorrect syntax. The real-life person who is in the inspiration for Mater's voice is Harley Russell from Eric, Oklahoma on Route 66. Is that just like some guy? It's, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, just like some, some man who lives in Oklahoma on Route 66. Harley's natural also, voice... Like- has the same sound and same manner, mannerisms as Mater. Mater's final personality was based on the voice actor Larry the Cable Guy. I, I don't know if I'd call Larry the Cable Guy a voice actor. And he uses many of Larry's catchphrases, including get her done. But also, you're saying, hey, this is a tow truck that speaks an incorrect syntax and is kind of like a giant dumbass. It's based on this Harley guy. Isn't that guy fucking stupid? Like, it seems <laughs> weird. Yeah. Like unnecessarily dragging this Harley guy. Oh, man. I don't know. Anyway, that's been our Sixers podcast. All right. I got to I got to I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks All for right. listening guys. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.